It is Tuesday, July 4th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by Bird Dogs. Happy birthday, America, as I say hello to my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan along for the ride as well. You must love the 4th of July. Barbecues, cooking meat, family, friends, alcohol, the whole bit, right? I do now. Like, you know, obviously before I got done playing ball, we were working just like I'm working today. I don't understand. Everybody else is off. I just never, ever take 4th of July off, but that's okay. I do like celebrating it the way I do now instead of being at the ballpark uh, for all the reasons you just stated. Barbecues, a couple cold brews, family, kids. It's it's nice and summery outside. I'll definitely be in the pool today. So, yeah, man, this is just a celebration today of our great nation. Mm-hmm. Did you when you played, did you stick around for the fireworks afterward? It, it depended if we had something else to do. Uh, we would leave, but uh, a lot of the times, a lot of times you're playing day games on on Fourth of July. I don't know how many Fourth yeah, of July fireworks I got, to be honest with yeah. you. But I I really enjoyed bringing the family down the field and stuff like that. I mean, there's what's better than baseball and fireworks? I, I know I saw the video yeah. last night in New York, like amazing. Yep, really cool stuff. A couple of tips of the cap. First of all, to Ronald Acuna. Atlanta Braves have won nine in a row. Uh, first player with 20 homers, 40 steals, 50 ribs before the break. Only the third player to go 20-40 in the first 84 games of the season, joining two other pretty good players in Ricky Henderson and Eric Davis. And Jemai Jones, huge hit for the Milwaukee Brewers, literally hours after he had a chance to meet his new teammates. His first MLB at bat in two years came against the Cubs cleared the bases. The Brewers came back for a huge come-from-behind win as they remain tied with Cincinnati atop the NL Central. You know me, Ploof. I'm a sucker for stories like that. You got to love it. And that crowd is so good there in Milwaukee in times Mm -hmm. like this. So I know he was feeling it. And when you drive the ball like he did, you know right away, I'm about to put my team up. It's nice. Looking forward to that Brewers-Red series this weekend to conclude the first half in the NL Central. We'll be breaking that one down later in the week. But let's start off with the reason I am wearing the L.A. Angels hat today, and it is not a good one. They suffered a loss and maybe a huge loss down in San Diego as Mike Trout, late in the game on a swing, appeared to injure his hand. We don't know. There were x-rays last night, but no definitive word. Everybody's thinking hamate, and that's a bad, bad break if that's the case. Um, I know we're taking a big kind of leap here because we have no idea if it's just sore, tender, or if it could be something as significant as a broken bone and possible surgery. But if this is a big deal, how much does it impact what they do with Shohei Otani before the trade deadline? If it's a big deal like a hamate or some sort of like ligament issue, I mean, I've had stuff happen to my wrist before and it's it's painful. Um Never had surgery on it, but it, it is obviously a big part of your swing. So if it is a big deal and he does miss an extended period of time, I don't know, man. Like all we've heard all year long and logically thinking the Angels should and we're going to hold on to Shohei Otani. They want a chance mm-hmm. to resign him in the offseason. They don't feel like they're out of the stakes to resign him. Uh, the one thing that I think would probably take him out or or at least negatively affect his wanting to come back would be a trade right now. Uh, that's my opinion. I haven't talked to anybody about that. 
Um, so if this is big deal, a big deal, and the Angels are what they're three, three and a half games back of a wild card spot they're now, three. they start to dip even further. I think maybe they start to think about it. We have about a month left, and this is this wasn't going to happen this year because they really wanted to keep him. But I do believe if you have a guy like Mike Trout out, it can change your mind for angels fans sake. And for the angels players sake, I hope it doesn't happen, but Perry, uh, the GM there has got to be thinking now, I at least got to pick up the phone and field offers and, and, and start talking and then make my decision. Whereas before I believe he probably was just like, guys, don't even call me. Well, I don't think there's any question that the entire baseball world is waiting for the test results on Mike Trout today because if it is significant and if he is out for at least a month, if not longer, all sorts of GMs are going to be calling Perry Manassian. They're going to they're going to they have to do it and you're right, he has to pick up the phone because we're talking about the biggest trade ever involving a guy who's in his walk year, a guy who yeah. could just be a rental for two plus months. That's the way it's going to go. And there's no question that that's how it'll happen. Um, now, if you were Perry and somebody came to you with a huge, significant multiplayer offer, wouldn't you pull the trigger? I don't know because I don't know the conversations he's had with Shohei and with uh, Nez Bilelo, his agent, because if you really want to bring this guy back, and that's the prize. The prospects you'd get for him, that's not the prize. The prize will be to bring Shohei Otani back to the organization. That's the number one goal. The playoffs this year, great, but that's only you only want that so you can bring this guy back. So it's gonna take a lot. And I think it's it's a very difficult decision for him. And you know, it's why you know these guys get paid. Uh the money they get paid okay. to make decisions like this. But this is a this is like a, something that really hasn't happened in the past a guy like rice okay let me play the other side of this he sits down with shohei and his representation and says yes. listen mike trout isn't going to be here for another six weeks and once again these are huge assumptions so we're just playing the what if card okay um sits down with shohei we're not going to have mike trout for another six weeks we really think we're in a tough position in terms of chasing the wild card we are going to trade you we want you back here desperately, but part of the reason we're trading you is to fortify everything that's around you and make it easier. So the minute free agency hits, you, we're going to be right in front of you. You know what we're about. We wanted to improve the team by dealing you. And they could say, hey, look at everything that the Yankees got for Aroldis Chapman. And he came back. And you are a billion times more important to the baseball world than Aroldis Chapman was. So we can continue to grow together. Is that a conversation? Sure. And I, I was going to bring up the Chapman situation because obviously that's, you know, has parallels to this. Um, I get it. And that's a very valid conversation to have. But if you let him, if you let him outside the box and he goes somewhere else, and he's like, wow, this is actually kind of nice. I mean, that's the worry that right? you have. You go to a new organization and you're like, okay, well, this is different. Maybe I like some of the things better. Maybe maybe I don't like some of the things better. But I would tread carefully by letting him get a taste, especially if you send him to a real deal contender, which would be the people going after him, obviously, because he's a rental. 
uh, and he gets a taste of the playoff baseball and and like I said, a whole new organization. It's 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 a, such a intriguing story. And I know we talk about Otani a lot on this show, but like this situation is just it's different than any other situation we've had in a long time. Uh, by the way, before we move on, when the uh, Yankees traded Aroldis Chapman to the Cubs in July of 2016, they received Labor Torres, Billy McKinney, who, oh, by the way, is now circled back, Adam Warren, who was a nice reliever for them at times, and uh, Rashad Crawford, who I believe is might be listening to that the should show. Be, listen, that should be a tale about, like, look, Labor Torres has been good for the Yankees, no doubt about mm-hmm. it. But, like, right. Nothing is guaranteed with these trades. Nothing is guaranteed. No question. Uh, Both starting pitchers in last year's All-Star game, they made the Midsummer Classic squad yet again. But now both um, McClanahan and Kershaw are on the injured list and will not pitch up in Seattle a week from Tuesday. Do you think both the Rays and Dodgers need to make deals to solidify their starting rotations for the second half? I don't think that either needs to make a deal to solidify their starting rotation. I think both could probably use bullpen help before they go into their starters. Now, if they, you know, if these clubs are looking and, you know, someone comes available for the right price, there's no doubt that a little bit of rotational depth wouldn't help them. But if I'm looking at, you know, both of the rosters, the Dodgers have had struggles with their bullpen. I believe the Rays numbers aren't looking too good as well back there, although they, they mix and match and do all sorts of different things. And they asked their bullpen to to act differently than a regular bullpen. I believe that's probably where they would go before that they tried to go after a starter. Starters are expensive, uh, pro- as far as like prospect capital and all that stuff. And um, I'd expect the Dodgers definitely to be heavy handed into the reliever market. And then if something was left over and they could get a good deal on someone, uh, maybe they go there. But to answer your question, I, I I don't necessarily see either of them going after like one of the front of the line starters as Maybe we thought of earlier in the season the Dodgers might do. I think the bullpen is the the bigger issue for them, and that's where they'll end up going. I think, actually, uh, I will say no to the Rays. I agree that I think they'll continue to dink, tinker with the back end of their uh, bullpen or wherever they want to put these arms. That's what they seem to do best. Um, the Dodgers, I am believing more and more that it's going to happen. Now, okay. with Kershaw here, it's a shoulder, which we haven't heard a lot of with him. But they also aren't overly concerned. It sounds like, in fact, he won't even stop throwing. I believe. Is yeah, what I read this, yesterday. this is this is a little interesting because we're we're playing the game now where it's like, well, they needed the rest anyway at some point during the season, and I heard some stories about that. So is it just kind of like, hey, man, let's just take the All Star game off. Let's take this mm-hmm. next start off, and then you'll be good to go. And it's kind of what it sounds like is happening. And, and Dodger fans, cross your fingers. But I will add to this that it's Kershaw's 11th trip to the injured list in the last eight seasons. So it seems like something's always popping up there. Um, Plus, I look at the overall construction of their rotation right now. Urias just came back from injury and really just hasn't looked good since dealing the first three or four weeks of the season. He had a bad slump. Then he ended up on the injured list. He didn't pitch well his first game back. I'm not going to judge him entirely on that, but he wasn't what we thought he would be. Tony Gonsolin has not been consistent. He started the year injured and has not been good. Those are your two other veterans outside of Kershaw. We don't know about Dustin May. He hasn't even started the throwing program. Walker Bueller just posted on his Instagram the other day that he threw a bullpen on his own. So we think he'll appear at some point. We just don't know what role he's going to have. 
So now you've got Grove, Sheehan, Miller. Those are all really young guys. Bobby Miller has shined at times. Sheehan's done a nice job. Grove pitched well yesterday. But it's it's a bunch of guys who you just don't know. And I don't think that Andrew Friedman and his staff are going to be 100% comfortable going into a wild card round or even if they're a divisional champion yet again with this sort of roster construction. I think they're going to pick up a decent starter and a bullpen piece in one trade. I think that'd be ideal for them, but I think like if you get to the playoffs and you have Kershaw there, I mean, I'm f- totally fine on Urias and Gonsolin. I, I mean, they're, gonna, they're going to be what they are. These guys have track records. I'm not worried about that. That's a nice top three for you to have. Then afterwards, yeah, you one of Sheehan or Bobby Miller probably rounds out the rotation. The rest of the guys kick to the bullpen. We'll see where Dustin is. It seems to me like the depth is still there. It's there's a you know it's it's been nicked up a little bit, no doubt about it. And you know would they love to add a starter? Sure, but I don't know if they're willing to to do that right now when they have these guys available to them or the seeming to have them available. We'll make sure all of them are healthy. Uh, but I if they could do that, a reliever and a starter and, and one fell swoop, then sure. I'm all about it. America's birthday. It's the baseball today edition presented to you by our friends over at bird dogs, which will make you look great this summer. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed for a slimmer fit through the thigh and the leg, giving you that truly sculpted look. The thing I like about them, like they've got the built-in underwear too. So you take that layer off, you feel good and it just makes you look fine during the summer even if your dad bod isn't in perfect shape. Bird dog shorts fit way better than those regular shorts. Those are made of those stiff, restrictive fabric and cotton. Those things are terrible. Uh, They fix the issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get the waist slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And we are officially in July. That means it's hot in some places in the country. It is sweltering. It can get nasty out there. Well, Bird Dog also uses the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you nice and cool and dry all day long. So here's what I want you to do, people. Head on over to birddogs.com slash today. In addition to an outstanding selection of amazingly designed shorts, you're going to get a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. So today's not the only day you're going to be barbecuing. You're going to be barbecuing for the next six to eight weeks as well. So head on over to birddogs.com slash today. Great selection of shorts that fit you great and look amazing. And you get a free Yeti-style tumbler as well. And a quick reminder about our Bird Dogs question of the week. Got to get it in by Thursday night. Use our social media channels. Chris Rose Sports, John Boy Media is going to be pushing it out as well. We want you to ask an interesting, fun question. If we pick yours, we'll make you rich and famous when we use it on Friday's show. And you'll get a Baseball Today t-shirt that hopefully fits your body. There you go. We continue on. I mentioned this on Friday's show as a possibility, and it came to fruition. The Houston Astros took three of four from first place Texas down in Arlington. They are now just three back in the West. Did the Rangers miss an opportunity to step on the champ's throat? You're talking about just in this series? I mean, I I don't think so, and I don't like thinking about it that way if you're the Texas Rangers. I mean, you've played excellent baseball, you know, up until – july 4th better than you could have ever expected i mean at your highest level of expectations you've probably met that the way that your offense has been going the way that your pitching staff has been performing uh you couldn't be happier so 
you know, when you have a series like this, and yes, the Astros gained some ground, I, and that's never good. Would you have liked to have taken three or four from then and widened the gap? Of course. Um, but I don't think they look at it as we missed an opportunity to, you know, step on their throat or slit their throat. Is that, you know, just end of the season oh, do the for old them? Chris Weber, this? I oh, don't know. Wow, okay. I don't. I don't think they look at it that way. See, Rose are playing really good ball, and one series shouldn't dictate the way that you go about the rest of the season. Uh, I look at it more as like the Houston Astros are are getting it going. I pick them uh, to have the best record. Well, I don't know when we're doing. It. I said second half. Like we're already in the second half technically, but I picked the Houston Astros because of their strength of schedule. How many times they play the A's and the Royals? I think they're going to make up ground, you know, already. So you, you know, the Rangers have done a great job of holding them off, securing first place in that division as of now. Um. So I guess to answer your question, maybe, yes, they missed the opportunity, but, you know, they've done a great job all year long. So I don't want to, I don't want to look at it from that perspective. The Rangers have been in first place all but one day this season. So, yeah. It's... And I think if we said at the beginning of the season in late March, that the Rangers are going to have a three-game lead heading into the last six days of the uh, first half before the break, you'd be like, huh. And then if I told you that Jacob DeGrom would only pitch in six games, you would have been like, huh, this is amazing. It's not amazing. Here come the champs. Even with all the issues they've had by losing multiple starting pitchers in their rotation, without having one of the best hitters in baseball, Jordan Alvarez, for the last month, without having the trustworthy Michael Brantley at all during the first half, and probably it looks like for the year. Doesn't look good in that situation. Now, I do believe that the Astros are going to have to make a couple of trades. I think they're going to need an outfielder somewhere. Uh, I do believe that they might even add to their starting rotation as well for their second half run. But if you're the Rangers and you're like, we have one of the best offenses in baseball, it's either us or the Braves, We've got uh, an infield full of all-stars. We've got an outfielder that's an all-star. We've got a starting pitcher that's an all-star. We just made a trade for a Roldis Chapman, and all of a sudden you turn around, and there's the freaking Astros tapping you on the shoulder. You're not feeling good about that. There's no way they can feel good about what's just happened. I think they're feeling just fine. Um, you, you expect the Astros to be there. There's no way they thought they were just going to steamroll and lead this division 161 days or 179 days, how many days they have. You know what I'm saying? Like they expect it to be a dog fight. This is a very tough division. Look, the Mariners aren't even in it. They expected a four-team race, and right now it's a two-team race. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think if you're if you're on the Rangers and you're in that clubhouse, it's one series. You played so well. Yeah, you just mentioned like we have a bunch of all-stars, things are going well for Texas. Now they're definitely going to have to look in the rear view. They're right there. The Astros are going to be there. And I think the Rangers are going to welcome that throughout the year. You know, that's what you want, man. I, I thought that it was a really fun atmosphere. It was the first time ever that the Rangers had sold out an entire four game series in their new barn. You know, I don't know what role fans from Houston played in that. I don't really care. I think it's just great for the sport whenever places are packed. And I thought it was a great atmosphere. The one thing I would be scared of, because I agree with most of what you said, if I were a Rangers fan, is that we just made this great trade for a Roldis Chapman. And it's like we're trying to break him in like he's a rookie. Well, let's pitch him in the seventh one day. Let's pitch him here. And Yo, go get him when you got the lead. Like, 
let's put him in then. And I know that the game didn't dictate it. I, I get mm-hmm. it. But as long as we're thinking like, I know Will Smith has actually done a nice job. And yesterday was only his second blown save. And I believe 16 opportunities or something like that. I'm letting a roll Chapman close it out. I am. And I'm adding more relievers. This is just not the last two days. It's been the bullpen that has blown these games. I think they'll figure that whole situation out and it, it, it's, it's going to take some time. And if you really think about it, it should take some time. You know, these are those guys at the back end of the bullpen. Those are for lack of a term, they're, they're alphas back there. They, everybody wants the ball at the end of the game. Uh, nobody wants to be supplanted as the closer. So I think there's just going to be some time getting used to new roles or, you know, how they're going to use the bullpen, but both you will figure it out. Yeah, and by the way, Martin Perez had a big hand yesterday in in the loss. He has not really pitched up to standard this year after an outstanding 2022. Um, but they came all the way back from down eight runs, took a lead, and then ended up losing it. So that, that was a tough go for them. Uh, Cleveland Guardians, they were a loser in their first of three-game series against the Atlanta Braves. There was a little injury news for them in the starting pitching rotation. Tristan McKenzie, who has been out the last several weeks, with an injured elbow, is going to try and treat that elbow without surgery. They're hopeful that he could make it back for a late-season run, although you, this sort of stuff is really tricky. Does his questionable return, though, make it more likely, less likely, or will have no effect on Shane Bieber's trade possibility this season? The Guardians always confuse me uh, of where they stand and what they will want to do. You always talk about this is the time where they go out and they trade guys a uh, year and a half left on a starter. This is the shown that they have done this in the past. The difference in this year is like the path to the playoffs is just right there. The twins haven't done anything. So it's, it's an interesting decision for them because they also they could go one of two ways. You trade, you trade Bieber and you feel like you're still probably in contention. Some of the other starters have done really good jobs. And, you know, if you do get McKenzie back at the end of the year and whatever you bring back for Bieber, you know, so I think they could go that way and and really feel like they could still win the central. But I think the other way is probably like going to up your chances even more. Like they have prospects still. I know they've brought a lot of guys up at the top of their prospect list this year that are helping, but they still have guys and they can go deal for areas of need offensively. And that would really bolster their chances of getting in the playoffs. Then look, as you know, like if you have a good starting staff and you can get some time to hit it, you know, you could do anything in the playoffs. So I never really understand or know where the guardians stand as far as, you know, is it trade season in or out? I'm wondering if you have a better, uh, uh, feel on the pulse there but in my opinion the McKenzie thing shouldn't really alter where they're at I think they should go add offensively and and try to make a run of this thing because there's really I love the twins but until they do something and figure something out offensively like the guardian it's, it's right there for the taking for them I actually think the injury news with McKenzie because I if you if you hooked up the Cleveland Guardians brass to a lie detector today and said do you think that Tristan McKenzie will pitch again this year I think that they would say no if they want to pass the test I don't have any inside information I am rooting for him he's one of my favorite kids in the entire sport he was damn good last season I just, I'm worried about this you know everything yeah. you read about it, you're like it just isn't heading down the right path so UCL and right I, 
it's it's an elbow ligament, right? Yeah. They really have been very very vague about it because they said, well, listen, we respect we respect Tristan. We want him to, you know, he just got a second opinion. So they are mm-hmm. really tap dancing around this. Um, I think because of that injury and because of how much youth they now have in their rotation until just a couple days ago, they had three fifths of their rotation as rookies that did not yep. break camp with the team, which means what innings limits, which means what, even if they have meaningful games in September, they might have to shut some of these kids down. Right. Yeah. We just know that that's the way the game is played. So they might have to punt on this season regardless of whether they trade Bieber or not. So I think what they're going to do is they're going to field a lot of calls. And in the typical Guardians fashion, if they feel like this is the best deal that we can get now as opposed to the offseason, because I think Shane Bieber's getting traded either now or in the month of December, that they will take that they will pull the trigger and just say, rest of the year, even if we're only two games out, we're not pushing Gavin Williams or Logan Allen or Tanner Bybee past these innings limits. We owe it to our organization moving forward to say these kids need to be healthy and strong, particularly with the question marks surrounding McKenzie, not only for this year, but perhaps for 2024. Well, what are the innings limits? And and can't you just start to do that now? You know, give them an extra day in July and August so you can have them for that end of September into October phase. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm just so confused. It, it's It's... To me, you know, as a fan and and as a as, even as a player, like if you are in this position and you're so close to a playoff spot and you understand like the reality of the situation, like to not go for it sucks. To trade away Shane it Bieber does. sucks. It, to always look towards the future sucks. Right. So this is more a question that I I have for everybody out there. So let's, let's take a guy like Gavin Williams who has thrown less than 20 innings as a big leaguer, but you throw another 60 that he's thrown on top of that in the minors this year. So we're talking about 80 innings so far for him. Last year, he threw a total of 115, which was far and away his most as a pro. Um, East Carolina, which is where he went to college and was drafted in 2021, the most innings he threw in a year was 81. He's big and strong. I mean, he is a horse. I don't know if people have seen him, but he's 6'6", 250. So physically, he's an animal. I don't know what the innings limit is. We're at 80 right now. Is it 150? Is that where they're going to draw the line? And if so, I don't know if you can wean him out. Like, do the, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. I was, I was, I was thinking, like, why didn't they just, like, Limit his innings in the minor leagues, but he started twelve games and he threw sixty innings, so like five innings. It's about right. That's not much. You can't you, you yeah. can't. you can't like have a guy go four innings. You just can't. Like you have to get some length out of these guys so they know how to do it. Uh, I don't know, man. That's crazy. It's 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 crazy for me to think about that. Like how we really are going to put a set number of innings on a guy before the season even starts. Why can't we just see it and say, let's look at you know the high stress pitches he's gone through what does he look like in september how is he feeling in september like it's to me to to start the year and say you're going to throw 120 innings and that's it i don't know if that makes any sense hey dude tyler glass now was on an innings limit when he was coming back from surgery and that's i even think for this year he was on an innings limit he told me that um 
that's why the oblique that that bit him in spring training wasn't a big deal to him. He's like, yeah. it's just going to push everything back. It means that I can go full bore the rest of the year. And I was like, what does that mean? He goes, I was going to be on an innings limit this year. That guy's almost 30 years old. And is yeah, but like he, it from an injury, it's different, right? Like an injury is different. Like just a young guy, young arm. Like, I don't know if he's had an injury past. I, I don't have that at my fingertips. Uh, maybe you'd know, but the innings limit thing, I'm not trying to sound like, hey, man, like go Burt Blylevin and throw 380 innings in a season. I don't want that. Right. But to put the number before the season, I think it's better to it's better to just gauge it throughout the season and maybe give him some rest during the middle of the season, like I said, because to do that to your team and to your fans and say, okay, guys, hey, we care more about him in the next three years because he's controllable than we do about you guys in this year and this team. Like, what are you playing for then? I think it's a really valid argument. Uh, last thing before we get out of here, Reg Joey Votto. Um, been a little bit of a struggle since he came back. I know he had a multi-homer game, but other than that, you know, the, the numbers weren't looking great. And then um, Monday night, hits a big fly, helps the Reds win in our nation's capital. He appears next to Jim Day wearing his hat backward during the interview. You like my backwards hat and untucked jersey? I was going to. I was. Ellie and I do this. Ellie and I do this. We're young. We're hip. <laughs> this is what young, hip, hip, young, hip, young and hip people do. Yeah, I've got a fresca sitting at home at the hotel. And uh, I'm going to play uh, play some PlayStation tonight until 7 in the morning with him. How about a fresca? Did, uh, did 40-year-old Joey Votto pull it off or not? I like it. And. He's found out my secret. The way you stay young and feel young is surround yourself with young people. He's feeling that now. I guarantee you he's he's like a little bit of a vampire stealing some of the energy in that clubhouse. And guess what, Joey? It's okay. The veterans did it to you too, bro. Like That's just life's secret. Hang around some younger people. Not all the time. Don't be the creepy dude that's always hanging on the younger people. But every once in a while, get a little taste of it. Get that into your blood. And you'll be younger for it. I promise. Yeah, I don't think that Joey's run back to the hotel for um, another round of Call of Duty, but maybe. Um, uh, oh, look at you! Yeah, you always pulled off the backward hat well, and look at the the manual dexterity you're showing right there. If I tried that, this would end the up what? This was me and Blake Snell's handshake. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I've fallen off. Tremendous ability. Yeah, yeah. No, that was well done. Well done. Thanks. Okay. Uh, quick reminder, Vinny Pasquantino, that edition of the Rose Rotation is out. He's always entertaining. A few chuckles in there. Um, the Cubs edition of Baby Ball Players. Go check that out on our uh, John Boy Media baseball YouTube channel. And then we're back again Wednesday, right? We're going to do a noon Eastern. Uh, we'll talk offline about that. We, we got to put out a promo. There's some things going on with talking baseball. Aaron Boone had to get moved back because he, he couldn't oh, do it today because they have a day game. Oh, Can you please do your Fred Durst before we get out of here? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's back. It's back. It's All right. Back. Uh, everybody, enjoy yourself with your family, your friends, whomever you're celebrating the 4th of July with. Just please be careful. We want to see you back here. Yes. Consuming yes. the content. Just stay healthy. Make some good decisions out there. It's never been easier to get home if you've been having a good time as an adult at night. So that's all. Just take that into consideration. Please, please, please. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, 
and the always entertaining Trevor Plouffe, who's got the best handshakes in the biz. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Wednesday on Baseball Today.